everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shada. First of all, you'll be proud of me. I ran to my COVID test this morning. I was like, I, I got up early. I ran there, got my test, ran to the grocery store, was just like, before we even did this podcast, I did like seven things. Okay. Proud of you is funny because I'm thinking annoyed. Like, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> You're like running into your COVID test. Like, I'm ready for my test and everybody's in there coughing and they're- Yeah, yeah. I, I, can't they possibly, have no energy. <laughs> I can't possibly have COVID. Look at this stride I have. My lungs are at full capacity. Yeah. Um, it's more precautionary. I was in Texas for two weeks touring- and oh, you're home again. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So I was in Texas and um, if, uh, I don't know if we talked about the last podcast. Oh man, Texas, you are living a different land. It is. So first you go to Texas and you just very much notice that nobody has a mask on anywhere. Like at least uh, certain places I've gone to, like maybe the people going into the stores aren't wearing a mask, but like all the tellers are wearing masks. No, businesses, people, human, you know, dogs. And then Austin, I was there for a festival and I had a cold, tested it, made sure that it wasn't anything else. But, you know, it wasn't fun. I was like, I literally was like a faucet for my face and stuff. So I wore, I was planning on wearing a mask anywhere anyway, but especially when I got a cold, I didn't want to infect anybody. But it was so funny because I saw a bunch, you know, half of New York City comics were, staying in this hotel in Austin and so I see a bunch of friends and they go in for a hug and I was like oh hey I have a cold it's a confirmed cold I mean my friend Dan borderline just like pushed me away I was like all right like okay it, it, I just like everybody was like respectful but then also I think people a didn't trust that it was a cold even though I got a COVID test and then also I I didn't want to give it to them that's why I I continued to wear a mask on because it wasn't fun but I mean yeah that's legit. Really funny. I, I mean, I can see getting pushed away. I opened for somebody at Leicester Square Theater here and I casually mentioned I might have a cold and they like suddenly like the, the tour manager's coming up to me and he's like, this is going to be your microphone. Um, <laughs> like We're going to disinfect it before and after when you get off the stage, bring it with you. And then like I did. And then somebody else on the show made fun of me for taking the mic with me as if I was just so inexperienced that I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, shit. I, it's just, you know, and then what's even funnier is like, you know, I was wearing, I was going to wear that mask even if I didn't have a cold, but man, I was doing shows Saturday night. I was kind of running around. I had three different spots and I guess this one area where like the last spot was like in an official comedy club because the festival was like in jazz clubs and in theaters. It was like kind of all over the place, but this was in a comedy club in Austin. They blocked off the street, like, like it was a fair or whatever. So there was like three or four blocks that are like blocked off from cars and stuff. It, and I mostly didn't wear a mask outside, but I would wear it anywhere inside. It was so crowded and so many people 
that I was like, I put my mask on outside. It was truly like maths out, dicks out. It was insanity, like just packed streets. And this is outside. And then it was packed inside. It was just, and then I went to an after party and you know, I'm not a party person at all, but I thought, oh, I'll pop in. I'll see if I know anybody. I pop in, it was madness. And I just turned right back around to the point where another comic's like, oh, uh, how was it? And I was like, I was in for three seconds. I'm not. <laughs> Between social anxiety and COVID, no thank I, you. Was this at the festival? I'm sorry, I kind of- Yeah, yeah, I, it was in Austin. Um, dude, I know festivals are prestigious and all, and like, that's awesome, but I hate festivals. My agent was like, well, festivals, how are you feeling? I was like- you don't make any money. I don't make any money. I'm miserable. He's like, great. <laughs> Stuck <it up. laughs> what a brutally honest, beautiful conversation. I mean, it, especially, I mean, especially in the UK, they, they pay a little bit better in the U S but it is still certain festivals. They like this one paid for travel hotel. And it was a pretty decent, you know, pay stipend, not amazing, but decent enough. But I've done it where you have to pay for your hotel and travel. And maybe you make a little money, but we all know that just breaks you. Even I've done it where, they um, pay for like your hotel and travel, but they don't pay you. And you're like, this isn't a vacation. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, and like, I get the point is again, you're seeing, you meet people. I met a lot of cool people and I, I'm glad I did it. And what was sad is um, my friend Danny was supposed to come with me and she wasn't able to come last minute, which was kind of good because I had that cold. And at that time I, I hadn't, I couldn't get a test until Wednesday. So it wasn't even confirmed that it was a cold, even though I thought it was, but as non-doctors, you know. Yeah. But then Adrian Appalucci was in the festival with me and I was like, friendship. And her and three other comics, because of a storm, their flight never took off. It got canceled. Everybody got rebooked for flights. All those flights got canceled. Yeah. Only one out of the four people was able to make it to the festival. And he decided to go, he, he had a layover in San Francisco. So we went New York to San Francisco back to fucking Texas just Fuck. to meet this festival and Adrian never made it and oh, I was no. like I know they said they should rebook her and they were really nice about it but I was like I was like in Austin I was like oh, my friends are not here. Like, I was like <laughs> I was like I don't want to be here without my friends this sucks is <laughs> <laughs> being a full baby I you know I finally met my agent in person I hadn't I got picked up in October so I hadn't you know, I've only Zoom met them. And then I saw a couple of friends and we got brunch. Hold on. What are you doing? There's a noise. <laughs> I was like, am I going to see like an ax murderer behind you? You're like, hold on, murder. Just give me a second. I, well, you know, cause the, I saw the one mouse once. And so now any noise. Oh, oh, I completely forgot about the mouse. I was just like, is, is somebody ringing your doorbell? But you hear you hear scurrying that's not noise you hear I hear scurry. what sounded like it sounded like gurgling water like that had like poured out of something and hit foil like do you know what I mean it, it sounded like scuffling <laughs> scuffling <laughs> what must be because of your misophonia I almost feel like your descriptions of sounds are so intricate and beautiful that I want you to like that's po that was poetry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was so beautiful. I was trying to explain to Johnny about like this girl's voice that I heard. That I was like, she sounded like battery on coins. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she just every every once in a while, her voice cracked in a way that's like battery on coins. <laughs> and it was so funny as I could just see you being like, I'll just show you. Let me just get my my stuff. 
It's like, you know, those people that make sounds for cartoons. Yes. So if it's like a, like a horse galloping, you see them with like clogs on like wood and stuff. That or actually it's- happened last night between Johnny and my flatmate because she was trying to explain what gain was with, as far as soundboards go. She was at a podcast and, and um, uh, producing it and like, and he was like, but what is gain? Is it is gain when I go higher? And he like raised his voice or she was like, no, it's, it's fuller. It's, 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 it's the puff, the puff, the puff. Like they were just having an onomatopoeia conversation. <laughs> what the fuck is happening <laughs> and you're just sitting there with a rainmaker just being like yeah. <laughs> um that's amazing but yeah uh texas was wild and it was so funny so uh, so i run and i go get this covid test and i sit down and the woman's like oh you know uh, why are you here and i was like oh i was in texas and she's like oh yeah and that like it was, i just love that like oh yeah you should be getting a covid test and then she goes, is something going on in Texas? Because, and I, first I like, didn't understand her. I was like, there's no way you don't know that Texas is like no ICU beds inundated. And I was like, I, what? And she was like, no, you're just like the third person today. And I got there at like 9.30. She was like, you're just the third person today from, that was in Texas. I was like, oh, I was working. I was, there was a festival, so maybe that's it. And then I had to be very clear that I like didn't go to a festival. I just didn't want her to be like, I was like, yeah, I was just like, how am I friends with, I was like, at work, God knows I didn't want to so go. So much easier all the time um, to just say comedian until the conversation that follows. Uh, yeah, and nor, nor do I want to have that when I have somebody have like a stick up my nose and people are waiting. Like, it's yeah. like, my dad talked, like, I've always been like, I like talking to people. Like I was at Trader Joe's. I'm talking to the checkout person. I like being personable, but there is a moment between like, when you realize someone's a talker mm. and you're like, oh, this is a problem. Like I want to leave people behind me, want me to leave. Like, so it's just like the nurse was like a, like a little bit of a talker. And I, two people on the other side got their COVID test and left before I did. And you just want to be like, is this why being a bitch is like resourceful like should yeah. I just be like hardened and I remember getting my COVID test and the guy was like what's your name and I told him because you have to there's a two-step process where you like put in your information then you wait for the nurse I told him and he was like okay come with me and like he like frog marched me like to this <gasps> woman who was helping someone else and he was like you did not put her information in the computer. And she's like this older, God bless her. She's probably like a volunteer or something. She's just a woman. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he was like, can you get her information in the computer? And I'm just, it was so awkward. And everybody's looking at me because, you know, like I'm, I'm, I guess, holding up this nurse that could be helping other people while my information re-enters into the computer. But he's standing yeah. there with me. Yeah. Waiting. <laughs> it's like, just like oh, are you just using this as an excuse to just stop helping people for just a breather? Because it feels yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Being around somebody being reprimanded is like, oh, oh, that must be like all my top things. I don't want to ex- like. I don't want to be reprimanded, but I definitely don't want to watch somebody else get like, oh. It it really is like the worst. And, and you then- you just want to be like, I don't really care. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not that big of a di- fuck this guy. Well, I like, do care. I need my information under control. No, of course, but like, <laughs> but like. Oh but yeah, but the way he was going about it was um to me it's just like don't yell at my mom. Like yeah. I just get like so def- like that's someone's mom, dude. What are you doing? Oh my god, oh it breaks my heart. I hate it. Blah. All right, what yeah. are we talking about? I'm sad. Announcements? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Patreons, people that give us money. Uh thank you so much. We are so grateful to everybody that supports us and our podcast. If you don't know, 
you can get weekly bonuses, you can get monthly bonuses, you can get stickers, you can um, control our Googles, you can be a Google guest, uh, you can see our stand up, you can get a signed book. There's so many fun um, benefits to being a Patreon. So patreon.com slash two non doctors to um, get all these fun bonuses. Yeah, thanks to everyone who who um, is a Patreon patron. Yeah, patron. Uh, follow us on the socials. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Two Non Doctors. It's the number two full word doctors and Instagram at Two Non DRS. Every time, every time I say this message, I get mad at whoever has Two Non Doctors full word. Doctors. Yeah, yeah, I'll fucking kill them. And um, <laughs> uh, if you have time, you can and you can leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot. It helps us get seen. We feel great. We share it on our socials uh people unfollow me because they're sick of me bragging on my socials because yeah. so many people love us so much <laughs> so much love but yeah it does um, help us a lot and, um oh liz is ready no i'm so ready i've been up for hours <laughs> i just took a nap i'm like yeah so if you could just do that <laughs> hey um, what plug it let me see this mug Oh, well, this is the John mug because he gave it to me, but the oh. S mug is dirty because I used it yesterday. And okay. I basically just used two mugs back and forth. That's how much I love these You have these one mugs. red and one blue, right? Yeah. And they're two initials that have nothing to do with my name. It's my favorite part. <laughs> like it just looks, you know, how, like when somebody breaks up with a boy and they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's, I stole my ex's sweatshirt or whatever. Yes. It's like, I just stole a bunch of, like, I stole mugs from a J and an S yeah. man. I will probably just edit this out because it's not that interesting. But like when you said how much you loved that mug and how you like wanted to steal it from him or ask him to have it. And so I like casually looked at the bottom of it to see where I could get it. And I like Googled it. And the only thing that was coming up was used stuff on eBay. And I was like, oh, this is a rare fucking mug. And yeah. so like I couldn't find L or M. And I was looking and I did find M once, but I think it was like an insane, like the price was stupid expensive yeah. for what it was for a used mug plus like yeah. and stuff. And so I ended up getting like R or S, S yeah, for yeah. Shahada. So there's Which some love. connection. <laughs> um, no, 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 of course. And then as I'm waiting for it to arrive, we go shopping, we're at Anthropology, and I just find myself <laughs> in front of a wall of that mug. <laughs> and I was like, don't turn around, Liz. Don't turn around, Liz. <laughs> My mug! It's, like, it was, it's just not rare at all. What the fuck am I doing? Why did I have to buy a used one? I, I just love that you searched for it. It is legit my favorite mug to the point because like I told John that story and he's like, oh, you could just have that. And I was like, oh, that's a gift from somebody, but whatever, it's my favorite mug. Um, <laughs> but I do, I go back and forth and I don't really have cups at my place. Like I don't, I just haven't, I didn't, I don't have any. So I drink everything out of these two mugs. It's pretty. Oh, that's, no, we're going to have to change that when I get yeah, there. Yeah, we, we will. I've just, at this point, I'm just, I'm just trying to get your room situated um, <laughs> for your arrival. Okay, um, but do you have, no, before fan mail, do you oh, have any um, announcements, any touring stuff? No, but maybe we could come up with a show together at the end of December. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Did yeah. you come in the city? Yeah. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah, that's um, Yeah, and then uh, for me, I don't know when this is coming out, but I'll be in uh, Richmond, Virginia, Chicago, Kansas City and St. Louis all in October. Everything's on my website at lizmealy.com. Okay. Are we ready for fan mail? Yeah, let's do it. This is an Instagram response from KL1PP3R. That's, that's where we are now. 
Um, and so this is in response to a clip from our um, neglect as a form of abuse episode. And he wrote 100% same, I just learned that trauma isn't the event, it's how the event was perceived. And that's why anxiety symptoms of ADHD, which is who I am, doctor evaluated. Um, so that's why anxiety symptoms of ADHD look like P uh, PTSD. And I just thought that was really interesting. I also read somewhere recently that, that trauma is not just the event, it's how the event was perceived, but not even just how the event was perceived, it was who helped you perceived it. So let's say you're eight and you get in a car crash and everyone gets hurt. You know what I mean? Everybody lives, but everybody gets hurt. If your parents don't um, kind of explain to you why that happened or show that your physical pain and or emotional pain is relevant and help kind of guide you through that situation, it can completely make it even more like we could get be hit by a car at any time and, and, and death is around the corner at any second. And like, so it's like yeah. by, so it isn't just so like we could both have gotten in a car crash at eight and have gotten severely hurt, but I could be like, well, it's because of a drunk driver. And my mom explained that that doesn't happen anymore because there's more laws and, and really these are the precautions that we've taken in the future. So this is what I do. And you kind of work through that process as opposed to maybe your parents wouldn't let you talk about it or, or made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal. And now you're just always scared. And these are, you know, just made up examples, but like, you can also help someone perceive it differently and, or, you know, especially if you're older, um, your perceiving is based on your experience in your life. So all that stuff is kind of, it just influences each other. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying in the ne neglect episode, which is that because I was sensitive, because of how I was raised, certain things really do affect me a lot deeper and harder than maybe somebody else where you technically have the same experience, but I have trauma attached to it. And you're like, that was a Friday. Interesting. Yeah, no, I really, I really appreciated that. And I, I thought it was interesting that it, because it causes anxiety, it looks like PTSD, but like, um, I just think we're learning so much more about trauma than we ever have and how people, different people process it that I think with so much more talk about mental illness or, or just mental health in general, I think we're starting to, cause I think that's something I was always kind of hung up on, which is just that, you know, my childhood wasn't that bad or, you know, people have had it worse than me. And they're like, you can't, the same way you can't compare your life in, you know, I got this and they got that. You can't con do it with, with this layer of how bad or something was because everybody perceives things differently, but uh, appreciate it. Um, that clip did very well, by the way. It was, it's always kind of nice when, just because um, Instagram makes no sense to me where I'm just like, this is brilliant. It's going to take off and like four people see it. And then I'm just like, this is just where I'm laughing at Maria's joke. And it's like, bah, 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 it's a million. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, it's just my cackle. Yeah. Googles. Sure. You want to go first? I was Googling. I Googled do Brazil nuts. Why did, do, why does, why does um my Brazil nut taste like chlorine? <laughs> the Brazil nuts, are those the big ones? Yeah. Yeah. They're like big meaty little guys. Yeah, 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 they always like mess up a mix to me. I have to say, I'm not a fan. Oh, really? They mess yeah, up they... a mix to me. <laughs> yeah. hilarious. I feel the same way about peanuts. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, sometimes they're overly peanutty. And it's just like, dude, if I was going to eat peanuts, I would eat peanuts. Like, yeah. I don't need. This doesn't yeah, need I, if I want peanuts, I want them on their own. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Why don't you like them? 
The Brazil nuts, um, I, I think, I kind of think they're too big for me. Mm. Like it just feels like a saber tooth tiger tooth, like just in the middle of my mix, like, right. Like it just, it's like huge. It's like, and then like, I don't know, it just, to me, it feels like six nuts in one and it just too much for my tiny mouth. It just makes sure you like holding it up and sighing because you know how much effort it's going to take to eat it. Yeah. I have to like, I, it's like, I have to like cut it up with my mouth. I just, oh my God. Um, work. Okay. <laughs> different I'm muscles. Very, we work out different muscles. I'm a dainty lady. You, I get you. I get you. No, but well, it's good that you find them cumbersome because if you have more than two of them, you'll kill yourself. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I like our research is like, well, don't get it emotionally attached because it's gonna murder you and your family. Do not eat them hungry. <laughs> um, I couldn't find any actual articles about this. All I could find were forum questions. A lot of people had the same question. And oh. yeah. And like the, 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 the most common answer was it's rancid, but it was just like, but it tastes like chemicals. Like I thought, I thought there had been something that had gone awry in the processing. And suddenly yeah. I had like this chemical soaked Brazil nut and I spit it out. And I like, it was quite a scene just spitting it all out. And like, bam, <laughs> that like left a Because bad- they're huge that, you know, you had what is like a sausage size amount of a nut. <laughs> These get bigger and bigger. You, in know my what? Head. you got a full pickle nut. <laughs> I can handle the Brazil nuts. Um, yeah, I had to spit it out. And so I, I guess it was rancid, but it was really scary because it did feel like the other time I thought I was eating chemicals when I wasn't was when I was at a Chinese restaurant and I had a, a real Sichuan pepper for the first time. Not like, you know, everything like a lot of Chinese dishes are called Sichuan this and that, but like if they put the actual peppers in, it has like a haunting flavor. It's, it, it's like a chemical, it's a worrying heat. <laughs> I, this is what I said at the beginning of the episode, your way of describing things is like beautiful. <laughs> and I like, I just, I can imagine you eating this pepper and you're just like, we're not alone. <laughs> this pepper has a background <laughs> this pepper has a story and it's going to read it to me okay yeah. um so right yeah but like but the only like articles i could find on it were about its selenium content and you're really only supposed to eat two no more than four a day because there's so much selenium in them and it, you can overdose on selenium um and where like will make your hair beautiful and shiny and glowy. Uh, if you have too many, it'll go brittle and it'll break. And then if you have even more, you'll die. So <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, in general, there's usually like about four. They must know that when they make these kind of trail mixes, because it's usually just four giant fucking Brazil nuts in there for no goddamn reason. But yeah, I, I've never enjoyed the taste of them because I think it's too much. But also like, I hate this like even when you're healthy crap, where it's just like, it's such a balance where you're like two, you're going to look stunning Four, you're fucking going to fall apart five. You're dead. Like, what do we like? That's too. (laughs) Don't you think that should be more common knowledge? (laughs) Like you instinctively knew not to eat more than half. (laughs) Yeah. But um, you know, what if somebody just, just went to town on them? Cause they had no idea. I had no idea until I Googled what, and I also think because my cupboard is above where we keep the electric kettle and the steam comes up underneath my cupboard all the time, I think that my nuts probably go like rancid quicker than oh. any of the other cupboards because I have all the steam coming up. Even though the, the door is shut, I, I imagine it doesn't keep all of it out. Oh, interesting. You got steamy nuts. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I googled. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is my arm swollen? This actually happened the other day, and it took a while to go down. It's it was uh, actually it was it was before um, I left for Texas, but this part of my elbow, like right under my elbow, like right here, was like fucking huge out of nowhere. Like genuinely, I was like, "What Ugh. is going?" I was like in the mirror, getting ready to go, and I was like, "Was it a bug bite?" No, it wasn't a bug bite. It was just bigger. It was like I would say like just this chunk part of my arm under my elbow and it was three times bigger and it was like puffy and I was like what the fuck and it hurt a little bit when I poked it but for the most part I was like it was just not the same size and it was freaking me out so I told my little sister about it she told me to ice it and I was like that's a valid point so I iced it right before I went to bed woke up and it was about half the size and I was like that's something and then I think it might have went away after like three days but I was like what the fuck was that so I googled it And like, you know, I'll say this, I moved into my new place and I'm bumping into a lot of stuff. Uh, It's a new layout. My ADHD and my forgetfulness and my like doing seven things at once, it's like really coming together. Like I'll be, I'll be like, oh, I'm hungry. So I'll go to the kitchen and then I'll be like, oh, I should break down those boxes. And I'll start breaking down boxes like, oh, I was supposed to send an email. And you, I'm just like Mm. walking back and forth. But I like, I've bumped into so many doorways. So I was thinking like, and I remember the first week I moved in, I hit my elbow a lot, like legit funny bone, sit on the ground, almost crying. Like, like really like hit that part of the, like the elbow arm where you're like, why is this so, there's no real reason this should be so painful. Like, what are you trying to teach me? But I didn't remember that week that I did, whatever. But so there's a couple of different stuff so it says olecranon baritis is like one. It says inflammation of fluid-filled sac mm. burrus located directly behind the elbow. And it said it could be trauma, infection, gout are the most common causes. So I'm thinking maybe the fact that I hit it a bunch of times. Yeah. Because it says, so baritis is when the burrus, this is a lot of bees, is inflamed or swollen. This is most common due to overuse or injury um, to the elbow. Symptoms include swelling and pain. If the elbow is red or feels warm to the touch, burrus burris itself may be infected. So it's like this part of that. I think that's what it is. And it was just, I hit it. No joke. I probably hit it five times in two weeks. Like I really was like, and like my sister was telling me this and I'm starting to see it more. She goes, you know, when you're about to get your period, you're more clumsy. Hmm. And I remember her telling me that years ago. And then she brought it up again when I told her about my elbow. But like now I'm starting to notice it. Like I dropped three things. Like I do. Yeah, like I do think there must be something to that. I, I, I feel like I can't socialize when I'm about to get my period. Just I'm just blank. But also <laughs> um, women drop their phones a lot. Yeah. Like, like people make fun of it. And it's just I I think that it's hormonal, but why are we more clumsy? Like, I, I think that's a follow-up Google. Like, why would you be more clumsy when you're shedding, you're about to shed your uterine lining? Like, what is like, is it like, is I, there like, I would the love other, to the last, last time I had a period, the, which makes it seems like it was years ago. That last, um, <laughs> Whoa, my last 1999. Period, before it was I started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to go downstairs and I slammed against the right side of the like the right wall 
and it took me a second to be able to get back off of it. <laughs> like I got dizzy and I, I like, I, it worried me. Cause I was like, what the, f- what the fuck just happened? But so yeah. I Googled dizziness before period and it is a thing. I don't think it's very common, but it is a thing. We are like losing a lot of blood. I just, I don't know. But I was, I think the mixture of like, I guess, clumsiness before my period and being in a new place no joke my poor little and it was just it was always this elbow just fucking like you know so so anyway I think that's what it is because everything else like you look it's like tennis elbow and irritation of the tissue connecting to the forearm muscle to the elbow you know a not playing tennis also not doing too much with it and I've been doing crossfit once a week but not enough to like develop that also did you know there's a thing called golfer's elbow it's a condition elbow? elbow I just don't understand why it gets its own term because it says a condition that caused pain on the inner. Oh, it's the inner side of the elbow. So tennis elbow is the outside. Golf is the inner side. I see what it is. So it's like elbow pain, elbow stiffness, wrist stiffness. I mean, I have no sympathy for your golfer's elbow um, at all. But uh, but yeah, so I think it is just take that. Yeah. For your inner elbow problem. Also, is there a name for this? This little crease like. I don't know, but I had a I had a, a boyfriend and when I was um, in high school and he, you couldn't touch the inside of his elbow. Like if you ran your finger across it, he'd be like, like he hated it and like it would make him really tense. And so obviously it was very tempting to continue to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, why does this get its own name? And then this is just whatever. Um, anyway, I do think I just caused trauma to it over the course of like- but, Like life needs its complaints department. Like just, just general shit like that. Yeah. Um, um, I guess that's me, the internet. Yeah. Or like, can we make whatever the name of that just more known? Mm. So, because if I say elbow, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if I say like inner elbow, you're like, do you mean the crease? Yeah. What's the inside of the elbow called? Hmm. Lots of people ask. <laughs> I'm not alone. The medial epicondyle of the humerus. Boop. <laughs> Nope. Nope. That's why people don't have a name for that. <laughs> Meteorol? You got to chunk that down. <laughs> what is it? Let's find another website. Maybe that was garbage bullshit. What is a weenus? I remember this, I think. Yeah, it's called the weenus, man. Weenus is a slang word for the excess or loose skin at the joint of one's elbow. Oh, that's not the inside of the Oh, elbow. yeah. yeah I'll have to Google this later. You can do it, but I can't. We'll, we'll figure this out. Okay, let's get personal. The weenus. Um, I've got my weenus is too tight. Um, yeah, let's get. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is the most epic way you've seen someone quit or get fired? Do you want to go first? I just know something I read. I remember it's like, I don't, you know, when you read something and it just has a profound effect on you. Yeah. I, this must have been over 10, maybe even 15 years ago. I think somebody at JetBlue quit by inflating the inflatable like slide when you're like you know when you have an emergency ocean landing he inflated the inflatable slide and slid down and I've always wanted to find out who that was what happened to him like was he fined you know was he on a bunch of podcasts talking about like why hasn't that been used in a movie like I just (laughs) I had so many follow-up questions of like you knew doing that cost thousands of dollars and what pushed him. I've always wanted to do a podcast called Mealy Meltdown where I interview people having their worst meltdown. And he was like 
I'm pretty sure it was a dude. That story is what kind of inspired that. Like when you watch somebody like, you know, just like kick a car and like scream at a bicycle, you just want to be like, did you miss your cup of coffee? Did your wife call you a shitty name? Like what leads somebody to do crazy shit? Yeah. And so that's like, I, clearly I didn't see it. I read an article about it, but I think about it every couple of weeks where I think about like, <laughs> I want to do something epic, man. Like I think of people like, what is it? Um, the guys, um, jackass where they just do crazy shit. Like they're stapling their balls to stuff and they're flipping off. Like that just is like crazy to crazy. I like, like not like shoot up a post office, like that's sad, but I, I like, like hit, hit your peak, flip a table, tell somebody how you really feel crazy. Like that's those moments where you're just like, you can't hold it in. And you're like, you know what, Barbara, you're not funny. Nothing you've said has ever been funny. And this job can suck my butt. And like, I love that. Like that's, yeah. I want to know about that shit. My dad did that once with his uh, roommate when he was living in Brooklyn before he was married. And um, keep in mind, my dad came from like a one room apartment with 10 siblings or whatever. So this guy used to, his roommate used to like bum food off him all the time. And then my dad was roasting a chicken and he asked for some and my dad was like, sure. But when he was done roasting it, the guy started dividing the chicken. So he would be like, breast for you, breast for me. And like, you know, like just give him a leg and him a leg. And my dad would just watch him divide it. And he just watched to this guy was like, here's your wing. Here's my wing. And here's your thing. And when he finished it, my dad flipped the whole fucking table over. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets wings. <laughs> he went and got takeout. <laughs> so angry at this guy for doing that. Just the patience is what kills me. It wasn't like he was like, what the fuck are you doing? This is my tea. Just like waiting. Um, uh, beautiful. I, I didn't like, this isn't like epic, but I had a roommate in LA um, and he was CFO of a skincare company. He had lots of money. He had no driver's license because it was suspended for drunk driving. So he, <laughs> he was <laughs> rich and without dependence and and we often benefited from that like he paid for the cleaner who was an organic cleaner who came like once every day you know like whatever like he took us out to like hang out poolside by um we would just do work we'd bring our laptops and sit poolside all day and he would pay for the drinks the whole time like it was goddamn gorgeous it was like my first couple years in LA and this was how I was living it was beautiful Um, but then like my downstairs neighbor had gotten a job where he, he got her a job. And then she was like, Oh, Tom got fired. And I was like, what happened? She was like, well, I don't want to get into it. I mean, lawyers are going to be involved and like all this shit. And I was like, what's going on? And she was like, well, apparently he ran up the company credit card, a hundred thousand dollars at strip clubs. (laughs) What? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like what? Like I knew he, like he used to, he had a bit of an issue with alcohol. Like he went on like a three day. A bit. He doesn't have a license. <laughs> he went on a three day bender regularly. He would just like show up three days later. Like, um, f- so much fun and he loved to cook and, <laughs> but, but yeah, just, just, um, like she was like, she just went into like everything that he was spending money on that they caught him for that he tried to lie about. And then I asked him about it when I finally saw him. Cause I think he'd just gone off for a few days and he was like, yeah, I took some liberties. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Man, 
can't. Okay, first of all, I I wanted to do a joke on this, but I've just realized I love like office gossip. Like all these shows, like these Bachelorette and Who's Fucking Who, I could give a fuck about that kind of reality television. I love, like, I read a whole thread, a whole thread about the drama in an office of somebody stealing someone's lunch. And then the security, they want, the guy wanted to see the security camera of it. So watched <laughs> it, knew who it was. And the, that woman wasn't in the office anymore. And the guy, the HR person sat across from the woman that took the lunch. So they watch the security camera. They see who it is. He doesn't want to do anything about it. But now this guy knows that it's the woman across. And so then a memo goes out being like, hey, please don't take someone's lunch. Somebody took, you know, blah, blah, blah's lunch. And her being like, who would do something like that? When was it taken? And like pretending it wasn't her. It was like, <laughs> like 20 tweets and I'm reading it. Like it's a novel. I'm so into it. And I'm like, I love that. And it's just talking about how everyone in the office knows it's her. And she's going around being like, that's so crazy. Like, like, I love that shit. Like I love, and like, I just would never like what your old roommate Tom did. I would just never, like, I get scared when I'm standing in the wrong line where you're supposed to have 10 items and I have 12 items. I'm like, am I going to get in trouble? Like, is somebody going to yell at me? Like I you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How do you spend a hundred k on strip clubs I don't when I can't be in a line with too many items? Like, <laughs> like why would you put it on the company credit card? You had money, man. Yeah, <laughs> and you know you're gonna get found out. Like, you know it. Like, like, uh, there's no. Uh, I just like there is a part of me that's like I love those people for entertainment but I would not want those people in my life like you know what I mean like I love hearing stories about them and just being like I want to know more like why yeah but he was super nice I mean oh yeah no I remember him as your roommate I remember yeah. yeah 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 and like and like you benefited from him clearly not caring about money like it's an amazing quality but then when you find out like how else they're living your life their life you're just like thank you and you're just like walking away thank you so much good luck to you um oh man I could do a whole episode on that I love that stuff oh yeah um okay topic yes okay um this I got really into this um I didn't know about this until you told me about it but the topic is I'm gonna say it wrong you 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 mommy umami 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 okay yeah umami um which um literally i think you told me that i had to relook it up but it's just like one of the categories of taste mm -hmm. yeah and and tell me if i'm wrong um the five basic tastes are sweet salt sour bitter and umami yeah and then what i found out is that that was only like added umami was only added in 2002 yeah crazy it's like discovering a planet or something it does. It feels like the, the same kind of shock where they're like, Pluto isn't a planet. They're like, ooh, mommy's another taste. And I was like, how do you just add a taste? Yeah. I forgot to write a whole essay about Pluto, like getting demoted from planet. <laughs> I should you find did? That. Yeah. Oh, I would love to hear that. Yeah. Um, but yes. So it's funny. Like I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with this one. What is, so let's first define umami, I guess. It's like Japanese. It's basic. It's, it's loosely translated into, um, 
what deliciousness shit well i should have my notes hold on essence of deliciousness essence of deliciousness <laughs> had to it go sounds like a way to describe that. a weird perfume yeah essence of deliciousness you could actually <laughs> lick this perfume and it tastes like roast chicken <laughs> <laughs> that you stole roast chicken that you stole from you. <laughs> yeah and and rage <laughs> It's hard to describe, I, and I've noticed that like a lot of people have a hard time describing it, but it's basically like the fullness of a flavor or like the, like the meatiness or the, the brothiness of something. What I found interesting is they say usually when a chef or you're cooking and you go, it needs something else, they add something, they add umami. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they, it's like, that's the thing that they add. So it said um, umami is the taste of um, glutamate. Mm -hmm. And a, an amino acid that is one of the building blocks of protein. So it, it, it really is like a staple of most meals. Um, examples being tomatoes, seaweed, soy-based foods, aged cheese, milk, green tea, onion, green peas, broccoli, chicken, beef. Like you think about any, like to me, that's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a base of something in a lot of ways. And as somebody yeah. that loves, um, most Asian foods, but like with my yeast allergy, I just realized that like, whenever I go out to eat, it's something, it's just like, oh, I think I like umami. Like, I think yeah. that's my favorite taste. I mean, sweet, clearly, but. Interesting. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's, um, it, yeah, it kind of like adds a fullness to it. So if you're making like a vegetable broth and you just use veggies and salt, it'll be really flat. And then if you add like um, an MSG or like one of those like stock cubes or something. And then it just kind of rounds everything out. And it's, I guess, I guess it's like with music, like if you just had treble on a song and then you turned up the bass a bit, <laughs> that's how I picture it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what I found crazy is we also, we always talk about MSG, MSG, MSG is bad, mm -hmm. but what's the difference between, so MSG is monosodium glutamate What's the difference between a natural glutamate, glutamate like a natural um, uh, thing, like let's just say beef and, and MSG. And I get that, like, I just don't understand why, what it is. I think that because um, beef has glutamate in it, which is naturally occurring. So I think these foods have um, naturally occurring umami, which is sort of like saying like raspberries have naturally occurring sugar. Okay. And MSG is sugar. And then- oh. But is it like fake sugar? Is it like when you put like um No, it's real. It's just it's just um bind bound with salt. So oh. I don't really know how to I don't super know the science behind it, but like it takes the flavor, it takes the glutamate out of the like naturally occurring foods, binds it with salt, and then you have like a physical thing you can add to recipes to create that same sort of fullness. So like I just basically driving sugar from uh, canes or sugar canes or where, where the fuck sugar comes from. <laughs> um, it's the same. That's, that's how I can understand it. It's like umami is too sweet as sugar is too MSG or MSG is to sugar. Yeah. So I guess my thing is, is like, is it all that like, cause I've heard both sides of it. MSG is bad for you. And then MSG is like we said, it's, it's, it is as sugar is to sugar cane. Well, so I, I think that like, just like you can have too much sugar, you can have too much MSG. So MSG in large quantities, like you'll get headache or rapid, um, rapid heart rate, uh, swelling in your hands and feet. And there's just all kinds of side effects like that. If you have too much of it, 
so and also i guess so i guess what they say is like if you have a tomato at some point you're like i can't eat any more tomato like i've gotten enough of the nutrients and whatever but like msg there's no there's no stop ground because like i maybe the the um the nutritional facts of it are gone you know what i mean yeah i wonder i, I so yeah i mean you can have too much sugar and hurt your stomach so it's just it's just sort of the same, but like with, with um, umami, <laughs> like roundness of flavor. I don't know. I, that's like, that's how I can understand it. But MSG isn't bad for you. It's in everything. It's yeah. in all the fast food you eat. It's in like chips and Doritos and soups and canned soups. And it's delicious. It's fucking delicious. Um, and it just got a bad rap because, and I, I went on a bit of a rabbit hole about like the history of Chinese restaurants since. Oh, what I hear. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, it kind of goes up and down, like the America's love for Chinese food. So basically Chinese people started coming over when they were having, uh, economic problems. And I'm sure there's a, a name for what was happening in that era. And I just can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so they started emigrating to the U S but also the gold rush was happening at the same time. So they had like a dual reason to come because what year like, is this or what, what, um, mid 1800s or maybe even late 1700s. Ooh. Okay. Um, so they start coming over because of the gold rush. Uh, the, I think the first Chinese restaurant was called Canton and it was established in San Francisco in 1849. I and love this. And it serves chop suey. And that is a very American dish. And so um, chop suey just basically means leftovers. And um, it's nothing, like, there's a lot, Chinese American food has nothing to do with Chinese food, which is no surprise yeah. to anyone. So um, anyway, the uh, economy started taking a, a, a downturn after the gold rush a bit. And so everyone started blaming, blaming the Chinese for coming over here and stealing their gold and their jobs. Like same sort of thing you would yeah. anyone, any immigrant for today, yeah, if you were an ignorant American. But so they, they're sort of like, they st started to deal with some racism. So they enacted, it was like an anti-immigration act basically. And it stopped Chinese immigrants from coming over. Wow. Um, for a while. And then <laughs> I actually don't know how the racism and the food intersect. I read all about it and now it's all kind of jumbling up in my head. Eventually they spread across America, but I can't remember what the reason was because they they're all that gold and they invested it in property and started a Chinese food restaurant. Yeah. This is me rewriting history. Yeah. Yeah. Their popular went up, then it went down, then it went up, and then it went down. So late 1800s to about 1920s, all the hippie bohemian people were like, let's go to Chinatown and discover new exotic ingredients because it's cheap and it's fun and it's new and exciting. And so that like made them popular again. And then the 1940s communism scare, yellow, uh, whatever it's called, like, so it went down again. And then <laughs> Chinese food became popular. Oh my God, I'm so sorry for all of this. Chinese food became popular again when in the 1960s, it just became fashionable. And then Richard Nixon in 1972 went to uh, China and they, everyone watched him at eat pecking duck. And everybody was like, I got to have pecking duck. <laughs> and so like, so crazy. oh, but the MSG thing. So in 1968, somebody published in the, the New England Journal of Medicine that MSG was bad for you. And then all of his colleagues started like confirming that and saying, yeah, it's bad for you. It causes headaches. It causes like all these problems. And so um, the, the term Chinese restaurant syndrome was coined. I think it's called Chinese restaurant syndrome. Yeah. Chinese restaurant syndrome was coined basically saying <clears throat> that when you eat Chinese food, uh, you get sick 
and it hurts you and it's not good for you and all that stuff. And it's basically born, born of racism. So that's yeah. why MSG has a bad rap. And so Chinese restaurants kind of had to adapt to that and start like boasting no MSG on their windows, which is funny because when you come over here, like it doesn't really have, no, none of the restaurants, I, I actually, maybe it does, but I don't think I've noticed as much um, the boasting of no MSG, but I also don't think it's as prevalent or I think it's more regulated over here anyway. Yeah. But it doesn't have that same history. Also, I realized there are no egg rolls on the menu here. And I, that's an, a completely American thing, too. Yeah, I mean, I've always known that, like, most Asian food here. I mean, I think probably all food gets Americanized, probably Indi- like, Asian, but like, um, just all cultural food when it comes here gets pushed into the American palate. And it gets, you know, even if it has the same name as something you might find overseas, it's not the same. First of all, I guess this, I, I learned so much, um, but I <laughs> guess- felt, It did babble a bit, but yeah, go, thank you. No, 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 but I kind of love that stuff. And I think you see it a lot. Like I, like you got me into pho, right? Mm-hmm. Like friendship, you got me into pho. Um, you also got me into bip and bop or bip and bap, whatever, what, almost everything I eat that has any kind of whatever you introduced me to. But with pho- it wasn't until years later that somebody's like, I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's, um, uh, is pho Filipino? No, pho is Vietnamese. Vietnamese, thanks for it. So, but it's not, but it's, it's just one place in Vietnam. Like it's like one town that's known for, pho. like it, it's technically not Vietnamese food. It's specifically like this area of Vietnam food. Yeah. But, in, but in our minds, we're like, pretty much been to Vietnam because I've had pho. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's, it's even interesting to me just like when I do feel like I've culturally expanded my palate, I'm still, you know, A, ignorant because it's in America, but B, even more so. It's funny because Johnny asked me, he was like, are hot dogs sold everywhere in America? And I was like, um, <laughs> but that's like, that's how you think of it. Like, like hot dogs are just all over the place. Which is um, interesting because you could pretty much get a burger anywhere. But, but like, but the thing is, is in, in New York, hot dogs are sold on the street. Like they're everywhere. Sure. And there's hot dog, uh, like I was like the hot dog places in New York are like chicken shops here. Like there's so many fucking chicken shops here. Um, but like, if you go to Iowa, like there aren't just hot dog stands on the street. Like you can go to the store and buy hot dogs and grill them, yeah. but you're probably not going to, he was like, that's disappointing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he broke his little heart. He's like, I'm going to go to America and there's just gonna be hot dogs everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I love that sort of shit. Like when I found out like um, the red Dixie cups were like a thing here, people loved red Dixie cups. Oh, like, like that you have it at like a party? Are they called solo cups maybe actually? I just think of them as party cups. The red solo like the, cups. Yeah. Because yeah. they always see them in movies. Everyone's holding red cups. And so everybody. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. Can't have a party without red cups. And you're exactly. like, okay. And they're like, because when I was having a party and then like my uh, Johnny slapped me, was like, are you going to get red cups? And I was like, what? <laughs> These boys are so cute. I love this. <laughs> but anyway, um, umami. <laughs> um, so I, I like that they broke it down. And as I was reading it, I was like, I wonder if you, as somebody that has stronger, better, more um, refined taste palette, um, could break down. But they basically said, okay, the characteristics of umami taste is tongue coating, mouthfulness, balanced taste, salvation, salivation, long lasting and complexity and like as somebody that like when I hear somebody describe like wine or whatever I'm just like you know I don't know what the fuck that means but like 
tongue coating or balanced taste? Like, what does that mean to you? It's kind of, I don't like it's it's sort of satisfying in the way you might scratch an itch. It just kind Ooh. of has like this. It kind of hits receptors everywhere, and you're just like, mm. <laughs> ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But it's it. like, it's the same way that somebody might ask, when, a, when is a joke done? And you're like, when it's done. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just done. It's like when I asked my mom how to cook something. She's like, you just take a bunch of this and put this. And then, you know, she just starts doing it. And you're like, can you explain any of this? And no, I can't. It's, it's just. Yeah. But um, a balanced taste is like, you just, it tastes right. You know what I mean? It's just. It's, yeah. But I'm like, I'm trying to think of like when something void of umami, which I would think would be like a salad without dressing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it's void of flavor also, but it's also, it just doesn't like, if you eat romaine lettuce, it just doesn't have, there's nothing to it. It has crunch and there's bitterness, but there's nothing, there's no fullness. Yeah. And I think ranch anyone dressing. can imagine. Yeah. yeah. They say ranch dressing is umami. Yeah. Um, as somebody that's just starting to get into cooking and just starting to like have that moment where I'm like, mm, something's missing. Now, keep in mind when I say something's missing, what do I do? I go for salt. Like that's, yeah. That's because my palate and my ability to fix is, but like I had a recipe and um, I didn't have the lemon and I was like, Ooh, I like it tasted fine. But I, I now between you and between like cooking shows and learning how to cook, I'm like, the lemon's important. You need the mm. lemon. Like you need the bitterness to mix with the other flavors or whatever, but it started at like lemon is sour, but yeah. Oh, sorry. That's you're. I'm doing my best. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. Do you ever it's see the documentary to... Salt, Acid, Heat? What is it? Fucking, I can never remember the way it is called. It's so heat, salt, acid, fat, acid. No, <laughs> salt, fat, acid, heat. It sounds salt, like you're insulting fat, a dish. This acid. fat, acid, heat. Some salt ass, fat ass heat. <laughs> <laughs> Comes into my, my dish, into my <laughs> restaurant. It's a documentary. Yeah. Well, it's a book. It's a cookbook. It's a documentary. Um, it's, she's, she, she basically, uh, it's four part series, salt, fat, acid, heat. And she just kind of goes into each one of those elements. But when, when you're cooking with all of them, like some, your dish should can kind of contain all four of those things. So if you're cooking spaghetti sauce, for instance, um, and it kind of feels flat and bitter, if you add cream or fat in some way, it will, round it out, it'll cut the bitterness and it will, um, the fat, the fat cuts the bitterness and, and it gives it more of a full effect. So if you're adding lemon to something, that means that it's too, it might be too creamy and it just needs something to cut it. You know, it might be too, too fat, too greasy. I don't know. Um, I don't know what you're cooking. What were you cooking? No, no, no. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a salad bowl situation. Okay. I don't remember. But so like, the, so the lemon I, sort of addressing. I, I think so. But like, I just that even just that little part, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, I want to be at a place where I'm just like, oh, this feels like this. I need to, I need to add cream to it. Like, yeah. I would just be like, I know I don't like it. Like that. I'm at the step where like I'm basically a little kid where I'm like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> not good. <laughs> but I, there's no an adult fixes it. Like a kid goes no, and an adult goes. <laughs> put a little cream in it and that'll make it better yeah so I'm I'm still at the 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 immature palate phase of I know it needs something else and of course if I add salt and it doesn't fix it I'm like it's broken and I don't know if you're adding salt you're probably looking for the omami anyway so you should probably like add like a stock cube or 
Mrs. Dash or something. I don't know. I don't know. But then also, I don't know how much of something to add either. Like, that's the other thing is like, I, um, from cooking, I start to see like how much olive oil you should add or, you know, how, like you start, like, I, I'm starting to see from just cooking now. Okay. Like a dash of something, like, you know what I mean? Like coat, coat the chicken with this seasoning. All that stuff was so foreign to me that like, I'm still in the phase where like, Maybe if you told me to make something, I could do a decent job without a recipe, but I want to get to the place where I just know this is how much oregano you would put in because nobody would ever put it. Like, I'm still in a place yeah. where I'm just like, you know, when I'm, okay, um, you were making that cake months ago and you're like, I just put in a shit ton of vegetable oil and it was like, it ended up being fine, but I was like, this so seems nice. like a lot of vegetable so oil, <laughs> but like, you know, like I want to have a thing where somebody like, I wouldn't even have been like, this seems like too much vegetable oil. I'd have been like, this is what it tells me to do. Like, I don't ask questions. <laughs> like, yeah. But if you were recognizing something's off and you're like, how do I fix, how do I fix this sauce or how do I fix something? And you go online and Google it and then you just know it for next time. But like, but that's yeah. why I mentioned that documentary because she kind of breaks it down. Like um, why those four things help a dish and like why you need them. And it's just, it's yeah. just a really simple way to look at it. Um, I watched 10 years of Rachel Ray. That's how I learned to cook. Yeah. She just makes it easy. And like, so find old episodes of Rachel Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess, I, I mean, I would love to, I don't even know what someone would share about umami. A recipe? I don't even, this is where I hit a wall. Tell us more about What's Chinese your umami flavor dish. What's your favorite way to add umami into something? Soy sauce? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Write us about umami. I got nothing. (laughs) Um, Thank you for listening. You can write to us at two non-doctors. That's two non-forward-doctors at gmail.com. And we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. What are you trying to teach me?